0: KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Have you ever done something with the best of intent? Something that you were so sure was the quote unquote right thing to do, only for it to end up not working out, or perhaps even failing catastrophically?
1: Um, aside from every day of my life, there is one moment in particular. From college, where a very good friend of mine was dating this guy who was cheating on her, and everyone knew it. He was doing it kind of in the open. So my friends and I thought she should know. So we told her, thinking we were saving her from a bad relationship. But instead, she basically blew up at us, told us that we didn't know what we were talking about, and she stopped talking to us. Uh, she just stopped talking to us, uh, and we lost a friend, which was really unfortunate. And then, and then it, in that moment, I learned. People have to be ready to hear things before you can try to help. So, yeah, it was unfortunate, but I. Wow. Tried. Yeah.
0: That is heavy. I can't offer anything as good as that. My stories are like I bend down to pick up one of my kids' favorite toys and end up snapping a leg of a horse off. Or How something dare like you! That. I, it's you know we go forward with the best of intentions, but sometimes it doesn't work out.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. But you know what? That shouldn't stop people from trying.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Which brings us to Mark Lucher. You might not know Mark Lucher by name, but there's probably a good chance by now you saw his tweet the other week. It was sad, Luca. So sad. It
1: honestly broke my heart seeing pizza going uneaten. And for no reason, really. Just that people didn't know it was there.
0: There is always reason to consume pizza. Always. I'm Brian Seltzer. I'm hanging out with KYW News Radio digital managing editor Christina Luca Kapaser. And on this bonus episode of The Rundown, we talk about a viral tweet, theorize why it blew up, and how a disappointing start to a story can end up having a very nice ending. Luca, you dropped a tweet in one of our Slack channels the other week. Tell us how you came across Mark Luther's post.
1: So I spend a lot of time on Twitter um, and I'm always looking for stories on Twitter. I'm always looking at, you know, what's going viral. Um, I saw a tweet of four pizzas come across my timeline, which made me stop and look and say, why are there just four full pizzas sitting in this room not being eaten? And then I read the tweet copy and it was something to the effect of, you know, it was from a professor who once I clicked through to his profile, I saw it was a professor at Temple And it said that he was trying to he wanted to do an essay class to teach people how to write essays since he lives among a lot of undergrads. And he advertised it, got a bunch of pizza to, you know, make the kids come. If you pizza it, they will come. But in this case, that is not what happened. No one came. And it just broke my heart. And I think what really killed me about it was that the very last sentence was just, I am so sad. Got so, matching. so heartbreaking, I wanted to know more. I thought, hey, maybe there's a story here, maybe we can talk to him and and find out, you know why he tweeted this in the first place. It's very vulnerable of him. um, and what happened after? because nobody really knew <laughs> all the all of us that we saw was just four pizzas left uneaten, and at nobody got any essay uh essay prep, which is really unfortunate to me as a former English major that's uh I thought it was a good cause, and you know, this is what happened.
0: Well, guess what? There's a lot of magic in social media, as we're going to discuss. But through the magic, one of the many ways that social media can be magic, we connected with Mark Lutcher. He is a professor of religion at Temple University. He's currently on sabbatical at his alma mater, the University of Michigan, where he's working on a book. We're going to talk to Mark and get into his tweet. But before we do, Mark, welcome.
2: Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thanks very much for having me. Um, The kind of stuff that I teach when I'm Uh, On campus at Temple is, I mean, I'll teach anything related to religion. I'll teach what religion is, what religion does. Uh, I have a great course called Religion and Film. I'm always trying to get people to take that because I want them to see some of my favorite movies. Um, My research is mostly in ancient Judaism and Christianity. So if you can imagine the Indiana Jones stuff, but like nowhere nearly as sexy, that's pretty much what I do.
0: And uh, and how long have you been doing this for and what got you involved in in this area of study?
2: I got into this area of study because I I before this I was working in documentary film and I was a production coordinator on a documentary that dealt with the lost tribes of Israel and I wasn't real happy with how that turned out and I'm like the only way I can sort of cleanse myself of this sin is if I go in and like do reparations to the field I have so egregiously Smirched by being involved in this documentary. I mean, it's a really entertaining documentary. It's even thought provoking, but you know, it's not, it, it, there are, there are some problems with it. And so it got me thinking about this stuff, you know, more critically. And that's what made me want to go back into it.
1: So my first question for you is what made you want to hold this essay writing class in the first place?
2: Well, a couple things. Um, so I came to Ann Arbor just for the semester and I found a really nice apartment in a building close to campus that I discovered upon moving in was populated almost entirely by undergraduate students. You know, And I was an undergraduate student here and I remember um, sort of grasping for straws when it came to trying to figure out how to write. And it was a, it was a TA that I had at, I think the beginning of my sophomore year who just sat me down for 10 minutes and said, hey, look, you know, you're smart. You know what you're doing, but no one's shown you how to do it in a critical essay before. So here are a couple tips. And that really changed things for me. And I, I started writing a papers almost immediately after that for the rest of my undergraduate career. And it's not because anybody is any more intelligent than anybody else. It's just because you know what to do. Like, you you know how the machinery works. So I always like to do that for my students. And, you know, ever since I've been teaching teaching, um, really ever since I finished my PhD, so since 2003, every year, a couple times a year, I do writing seminars. And my students more or less feel comfortable with me. I mean, most of the people who attend are either students who are in courses with me, and I tend to teach larger courses of a couple hundred students at a time, or they're friends who've heard that, you know, I'm not going to talk down to them, and I'm going to respect them, and I care about their interests. And so my writing seminars are usually pretty well attended. So when I got here and I saw that there were so many undergrad students, I'm like, well, I'm kind of living among the natives. Um, You know, maybe I can give something back to them because they're actually kind of inspiring. I mean, I really like I really like being around undergrad students, um, A, because it gives me a sense of what's happening in the lives of people who are around 20. And when you get to be my age, I just turned 49. um, You know, there's a you can stay connected, but you have to work harder to stay connected. And so when I when I talk with undergrad students and and when I talk with people who are, you know, a couple decades younger than me, I get a sense of like how the world is changing and what their place is in it and and consequently what my place is in it. Uh, And I like the idea of giving back. And so I always give back um, by showing students how to write on campus when I'm teaching. It didn't work so well here, I think, because the students by and large don't really know who I am. I'm just like (laughs) the weird 40-something-year-old guy in the elevator who's like might narc on them to their parents so they just like the conversation shuts down immediately when i walk in i'm just like hey don't worry you know continue talking amongst yourselves trust me i have other things to think about um, but that's that's why i wanted to do it and it's it's really a shame that it the a couple of different things i think converged to make it not successful but on the other side of it now we have thousands of people on twitter talking about how to help students and what writing is and and you know what responsibilities you know, academics have to their students. And, and I mean, I think it, 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 turned into a good thing, you know, by way of a bad thing. So who knows how these things can work out. I
0: just need to bring this part up with Luca, because I think this is one of the things that we discussed when we first saw this tweet exploding and going viral. Mark, I feel like you're uh, very modest and you self-deprecate well, I don't care if no one on campus knew who you were or if you just happened to be spending a sabbatical there. Look, if I saw anyone advertising free food, especially if I were still in undergraduate housing like a freshman right. or a sophomore, I would have been there. It could I have been about anything.
1: Immediately. Well, and I, I will say, too, yeah, the free, that's what kills me is that there were four beautiful slices – or not slices, full pies of pizza just <laughs> sitting there waiting to be devoured by 20-year-olds. Um and it it's like and I, I will say too, like I've I've seen a lot of tweets in my day. I've seen a lot of good tweets, I've seen a lot of bad tweets. The composition of just the text and then the picture was such a perfect marriage of just like just taking a knife to my heart and then ripping it out. Um because I could really feel, I mean, let me pull it up because I, I did want I did want to ask you, you know, in that moment, you you set this up, you advertised it. Um, you said you advertised it in the building. When you got there, not to not to like make you relive the trauma, but like you, when you got there, what what happened? What made you just pick out your phone and start typing away?
2: Uh, well, the event was called for seven p.m. and you know, was dinner I, time. I first, yeah, it's like I was I was like, let's do this at seven p.m. on a Wednesday because it's the middle of the week and it's right at the time in the evening when people are hungry and and it's right at the time of the week when like. And at the time of the semester, also when they're probably just starting to get their first grades back, and maybe some people come to realize, you know, maybe I could use a little help. Um, So, you know, the building said, okay, we'll put it in the newsletter. And and I was like, "Uh, okay. Uh, you know, in, in, inside my head, I'm like, tell them to put it in an email blast or tell them to put it on social media. But then the Canadian inside of me was just like, no, don't tell other people how to do their business. Mind <laughs> your own business and stay the course. And, you know, like, just be be grateful that they're accepting your emails and suggestions at all. And so, you know, like a good Canadian, I stayed quiet. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, um, as as many, many people um, in, the, in the Twitter thread chimed in, and I agree with them, maybe newsletters aren't the best way to reach people who are 19, 20, 21 years old. Um, and I think that it could have been advertised a little bit better. But, you know, I just sort of said, well, I don't know, there's 600 people in this building. By the way, it's it's an apartment building. It's not like a university dorm. And that, if it had been a university space, and and if I had, you know, been working with like a department or, or some kind of program, maybe the, it could have Manifested a little bit differently, but this is just like a private thing. I just wanted to do this for the people in the building, and I'd met some of the students at, in the building gym, um, and you know, like I kind of got to read that there was some interest, at least from the people who were talking to me. I later found out from those same people that they they want to do something like this, but they just couldn't make it that night, and so I wasn't expecting them to be there. But I figured, you know, with six or seven hundred people in the building, maybe ten people will show up. And so, you know, at seven o'clock, I got there and I, I, you know, I laid out the pizzas. And I'm just like, all right, you know, let's let's do some good. <laughs> And then, and then a half an hour later, I'm just like, no, 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 no good came with this at all. And I was just, you know, I'm a sensitive guy. And so I was all heartbroken. And I just never thought that anybody would really notice. I figured I'd get a couple, you know, they're there, Mark, you'll be okay. I've been there too, you know, comments from people in my field who do the same thing and who get the same kind of response. But as you noted, you know, it touched a nerve. And and uh, I guess some people feel really, really strongly about pizza, <laughs> and cheese pizza in particular did you notice how many people chimed in where they're just like well of course you didn't get anybody because it's just plain cheese pizza who wants plain cheese pizza and I kind of think to myself everybody I do yeah everyone everyone (laughs) I mean just because you like pepperoni or whatever doesn't mean that you don't like it when it's just baseline delicious and I, I said this online too but you know people feel very strongly about it so I can't can't argue with them.
1: I'm gonna read it. Um, actually, do you have it up? I w- it would be even better, I think, if you read it. If you have the tweet, I, I, I don't.
2: I don't have it up, but I do remember. I do remember just typing it in and then pausing and then putting in that last sentence where I just said, "I'm actually so sad."
1: <laughs> that was the kicker. It was. It was like. It was like your id just spilled out into the into the page. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'll read it really quickly. So it says, okay. "I organized a free how to write an essay session for the building where I'm staying." And then in parentheses, full of undergrads. Was advertised in the building newsletter. Bought a bunch of pizza. Nobody showed up. I'm actually so sad. And then it is a photo of a bunch of empty computers and four giant pizzas ready to be eaten. Which, again, I'm from New York, so I have very strong pizza taste. But those, I have to say, those look really, really good. Like, even for my very high bar that I have, those look delicious. But anyway, we can have a pizza podcast separately from this. <laughs> um, but so I want to know. So... What was the timeline between you tweeting this and like the, when it finally just sort of snowballed and took off? Was there like a, a gap in time?
2: I honestly I mean, there has to be. Yeah. But I don't know how long it was. Uh, cause, uh, because when did the phone it, like, battery
1: start draining because you got <laughs> so many notifications.
2: Um, well, I, I wasn't checking. Um, I, I, I What happened was, uh, you know, I, I took two of the pizzas. I left them there because I figured some students are going to wander in. And OK, surprise, pizza for them. I mean. That's a nice thing to do. And um, I brought one pizza outside to some people who I oftentimes see outside um, my building on the street. And that was actually really nice because I was wearing a, a t-shirt from my favorite band, Rush, which I know people also have very strong feelings about. So please, you know, no haters. If you don't like Rush, that's on you. Um, <laughs>
1: I mean, you are Canadian. I feel like it's par for the
2: course. Okay. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so we had a nice conversation about Rush and, and, um, you know, they ate the pizza and and it was like a very sort of heartening experience. I brought one pizza back to my place. Um, I inhaled half of it out of misery and shame. and (laughs) I don't even remember how quickly it took, Uh, but it was all gone very, very quickly. And uh, then I sat down to do some writing because that's why I'm here. I'm trying to get writing done for a book project. And I think it was much later that evening, I got a message from a colleague of mine um, who's here with me, who said, I see your tweet is going viral. I'm just like, huh? And I looked and I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Please, for the love of God, no. But you know, there was nothing I could do at that point.
0: Luke, I'm sure you've sat in so many meetings and in the content world, I feel like this is a question that, oh boy, do I even say this? I'll say it. Higher ranking people tend to ask, just make it go viral. How can you push the viral button on this piece of social if media I, content? If I had right? a
1: dollar for every time somebody asked me that, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> I would be a bajillionaire. Yeah. Um no, that is very true. And I will say there is no magic, there is no, it's it's just it's the perfect comp again, the composition of the tweet I think was just like chef kiss perfect in terms of the like the just emotive feeling behind this. And again, not to make you relive this trauma, it was so sad, but like it really did It really did pull and you could tell that it was really authentic and I think the authenticity is something that you cannot reproduce on like a brand level or anything like that. Um, but one thing I, I will say, yeah, if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me to make something go, go viral, viral I'd be like, yeah, how it. much money do you have to promote <laughs> this thing? Um, but no, but I think that it's once something kind of hits a certain – like threshold. And it, and more importantly, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it it feels like this tweet kind of got into like education Twitter and sort of into that world. And I think once it hits certain, um, like niche communities online, it just like snowballs from there. So to make it about the positive, I would love to know, like, what was the response from, you know, maybe even like your students at Temple, your colleagues, people that you know, back here, like what was the response to it after sort of this thing just went, went insane?
2: Um, Well, before I answer that, I I do think there is something about the tweet that that maybe made it seem much more authentic. Well, I mean, it is authentic, but maybe it struck harder because it just occurred to me now as you were saying that the only full sentence in the tweet is, I am actually so sad. Everything else is a sentence fragment. Yes. And so maybe like the rhetoric of like sentence fragment A, sentence fragment B, sentence fragment C, and all of that combines to one full statement saying, I am actually so sad.
1: It's poetry. You know, it's actually yeah, poetry. I,
2: I suppose so. And, and, you know, for all the songs that I've tried to write, which actually just suck, maybe <laughs> I should, maybe I should take a note from like. Uh, how I compose that tweet and try to figure out a different way to write lyrics. Uh, anyway, well, it's like, it's true. simple.
0: It's short. It's vulnerable. And <laughs> like, I, I mean, like, listen, Luca composes tweets. I, I've composed countless tweets and it's just the amount of time you spend looking at your, your keypad and the, the caption area, just trying to figure out what it is that's going to strike the chord. It, it's, I think it's like the less you think about it and the more real and natural and organic it is, it's going to hit.
1: Well, and even just yeah, hearing, hearing you just, cool. Yeah, no, hearing you describe it by, like, I mean, like, it's clear that you have a really solid background in just, like, crafting any sort of, of text. I mean, the way that you're describing it now, it's like, I, I said it, and it's like, had these kids showed up, they would have maybe learned something about how to craft something. But I, I think that it, it is true. Like, you're, you, I think your point, yeah, the only full sentence is the last one, which is just a very simple but emotive sentence. Um but I, yeah, but I do want to hear about what the response was like from your sure. from people that, you know, um, and I mean, even like you, like I said, like your students here.
2: Well, I mean, this you had mentioned earlier on in our conversation that most of the response was positive, and and just about everybody that I know and even people that I don't know, but who are also academics or who have worked in education you know they were all very positive because i think they've all been in the same place they've they've put a lot of work or a lot of emotional energy into trying to do something good i mean and let's face it most people who go into education do have a kind of an idealistic impulse like they actually look at the world and say i'd like to leave it a little better than i found it and maybe i can do that by having something meaningful happen between myself and a group of people who are learning and so i feel that way too i mean i'm a, i'm pretty practical and sometimes even a little bit pessimistic about the world but in the end, I still want to make it a better place. And you know, I can't think of a better way to do that than pizza. I mean, I don't know anybody who, I mean, I don't know, maybe some other kind of pie, an apple pie or something. But I, there was no place around Ann Arbor where I could get that. Um, or if there was, uh, I, I couldn't find it. But most people that I know and who I work with, some of my students also who have had writing workshops with me in the past chimed in in really supportive ways. Um, and. I mean, the overall feeling was that it was still worth a shot. I mean, most of the people, a lot of people who I'd, I'd never encountered before on Twitter, but who have been in this position or who have been students in the past or who are teaching right now, the, the the common idea was it was a good thing that you tried to do. And I think what that says is that at least for a lot of people on social media or certainly on Twitter, trying to do a good thing is as important as the good thing itself. So if everybody had shown up and I, and I would have had a picture of, you know, 30 people on the patio outside my building eating pizza and like talking about writing and ways to become a better student. That would have been a great tweet. And I probably would have gotten a lot of likes, you know, and, and maybe people would have shared it and it would have been good. But I think the fact that you try to do something that fails, maybe it touched people because everybody, well, almost everybody that I know, tries to do something good and doesn't always meet with success. And to see other people doing it gives you a sense that you're not alone and you're not a sucker for trying. You're actually part of a, a normal, functioning society full of people who are trying to do something good, oftentimes not succeeding, and maybe they also need support. So if anything else, I think it was a way of community building as much as it was a way of affirming the lack of community in that room. Um, And it's something that I think people have probably experienced in one way or another in their own lives.
0: You know, mentions can sometimes, I mean, not even sometimes, like almost all the time, be a very, very dangerous and scary place. But, Mark, you went through and uh, I would say very courageously and bravely engaged and had a dialogue with a lot of people who were responding to your your tweet. What were some of the comments that you felt were were most compelling and interesting
2: and insightful to engage with? Well, some of them I think were actually pretty serious. So there was one subthread where somebody – you can't tell from the picture – um, but the event takes place and, and the room where I had the event or where I had the pizza laid out was right next to an open door patio, um, which is where I wanted to hold the event because it's much safer, of course, during a pandemic to have an open air event with not a huge number of people, but you know, if I had 10 or 15 or 20 people there, the patio outside my building is big enough for 100 people. It would have been fine. Um, but somebody chimed in and said, you know, that, that room doesn't look safe during a pandemic. That probably has something to do with it. So I had to chime in and say, you can't see it in the picture, but there's a patio that it leads out to. And that's where we would have had the event. And the person who made the comment um, was perfectly satisfied with that. But a sub thread developed to that person's comment from a lot of people now debating whether or not this was serious or why are you even bringing this up? This guy's trying to do something nice. Why are you bringing up the COVID thing? And, and it didn't bother me that this person brought up the issue of COVID because I had that in mind when I planned the event. You know, I want I want people to be safe. You know, I've been advocating for that for a very long time, and I I don't know if if people listen to me all that often. I mean, I think most people in this country, and hopefully most people listening to us right now, are doing things to try to keep themselves and their loved ones and their communities safe, but not everybody everybody is always responsible. So I'm glad that that conversation developed. Uh, I was a little surprised that there was so much pushback to that person's reasonable comment. Um some of the conversations went in the other direction. I mean, listen, mean tweets are mean tweets. And I had, I had two favorite ones that that one was mean and one was just kind of ridiculous, but I actually enjoyed it. So the mean one um, was somebody quote tweeted my tweet and just wrote down the word nerd. Um, (laughs) Just like, sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm like a card carrying member. The other one that, um, that stands out is, Somebody chimed in. A lot of people chimed in saying, yeah, I, I wouldn't show up to that. And so one person said, yeah, I wouldn't show up to that. And I responded, what if I were to do an online uh, workshop? Would that be of interest? And the response was, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to respond to that, so I just didn't respond at all. But
1: you know, that, that
2: gave me a good laugh also. So, you know, so it, it's a very interesting window to see into how the mechanics of thought work in different, different people's minds. Uh, when confronted with the same stimulus, like the same image, the same words, the same circumstance, people just go in vastly different directions with that.
0: I'm going to have to ask you both this because you have this now shared experience of crafting a viral tweet. Is life the same afterwards? Can you ever live a normal life again after pushing out a viral tweet?
1: I Well, my tweet was not nearly as um, thoughtful as yours. My viral tweet was a... Video of a gorilla dancing around, spinning around in a bathtub um, to "Maniac" from Flashdance, which we all know and love. I mean, it's it's a classic. <laughs> like, and I I've seen somebody. I'll send it to you, Brian, at some point. Anyway, it was it was it was and it was one of those things where you're like, this this is the thing that is gonna make people see my handle. Okay, then. I guess that's what I'm known for. So uh, life – the only thing that has changed really is that I keep re- – I, I don't have to search for it because people will still reply to it every once in a while and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that tweet that went viral in 2017. Like it's still getting some play. Um, also, fun fact, anything with media, videos, pictures, that tends to do better because it has that extra layer of stimuli like you said. Um, but so life is pretty pretty cool, pretty much the same. I'm still not verified even though I work there, so it's fine. Um, so my life has not changed – that much uh but that gorilla and i will we, we'll share a bond forever forever um but yeah how about you mark uh,
2: no honestly nothing has changed in my life um the like i'm sitting right now exactly where i was sitting before i set out that tweet um or before i went down to do the pizza thing i'm in the same apartment i'm working on the same project i'm wearing the same tank top that i'm going to wear to the same gym that i went to the day that i sent out that tweet very little has changed. Um, the only thing that's different is that I think a lot of people saw that, uh, and I think a lot of people are looking for other people on social media that are decent or that are are fun or that are intelligent, that can improve the quality of their lives, especially at a time when we're all living in such fragmented, isolated realities. Um, social media is a way to maintain lifelines. And so a lot of people started following me, um, as I said, relative to the people who have been following me before. So the only thing that's really different is that I have maybe twice as many followers now.
0: That big of a bump because that's a pretty big spike. you're yeah, up to it, around fifty five hundred now, right?
2: Yeah, I think before before that the pizza tweet, I, I was at like twenty four hundred, and I think I'm I'm at fifty wow. five hundred or so now. So I mean, and that that's was a, very that's very, actually cool.
1: pretty significant. Um, doubling doubling your your following from one tweet is actually really impressive because that doesn't happen a lot. So that's that you then that that you should be proud of that. That means that you really did touch people so much that they wanted to follow you to see more.
2: Well, I'm I'm glad. Uh, but I think I think I'll be proud if at this point I can just reach more people with things that really matter. So, for example, in my field, I'm part of a group of, of academics in my field who are really, really working hard to get rid of bad actors, you know, sexual predators, sexual harassers, bullies, and things like that. And I periodically tweet things out about this, resources that students whether they're undergraduate students or graduate students can use to protect themselves or to find support or uh, or to uh, em- empower themselves against a field and oftentimes other institutions that are just like designed to to protect people who are uh, should be held accountable um this is the kind of stuff that I, I tweet out a lot and if i can just reach that many more people um then that's good that's something i'd be really proud of. Um, i sometimes also tweet out, uh, things related to my research, but I mean, honestly, that's, that stuff is so, uh, tedious sometimes. Like I, I'd, I'd be really surprised if more than 50 to hundred people, you know, pay attention to it or, or care about it. And that's fine. Um, but also I sometimes write op-eds related to religious extremism and violence and white supremacy and, and things like that. Um, I do think there's something important about getting larger audiences for those works because we are living in a time, of course, where these things are ramping up very, very, very quickly and there's not enough conversation happening about them. So if I can get more people from a pizza tweet that can read those other more meaningful tweets, then I'll be really satisfied. Um, followers, just for the sake of followers, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but that's, that's not really what motivates me, uh, and, and I don't think it would motivate me going forward either.
0: I love it. That's awesome perspective. Something else we hear so much about these days in terms of what's in the news is the negative impact and implications of social media, especially with what's been going on with Facebook and Instagram, where wouldn't it be an amazing world if we lived in a place where social media had the effect that the tweet that Mark put out there had? It's a really great uplifting social media story.
1: Well, and I want to know, so you mentioned earlier that you're doing an, you know, out of this, you want to do an online class because there were people reaching out to you, you know, about how they wanted, they they would go, but they don't live in Michigan um, or anywhere near the University of Michigan. So is that something that you're still planning on doing? Do you think that the turnout might be different this time? Because, you know, there's really no better uh, promotion than a viral tweet, right?
2: Yeah. um, So many people said, hey, you know, I would take I would have gone, uh, but I don't live anywhere nearby. And many more people said you should just do an online Zoom based workshop. And I thought that's a really great idea Um, because I think it can reach people who are nowhere near Ann Arbor or Philly or wherever I would be spending my time. Um, Plus, I can record it. More people can watch it. And I I like the idea of giving some people who need a little bit of help, the help that they really need that they might not otherwise get or, or know where to get. So, um, because it wouldn't just be like a casual zoom, I have to figure out ways to like, you know, set it up and do like registration and give out the password and whatever, because I mean, let's be honest, if it's, if it's just public, somebody's going to come in and just like corn bomb the whole thing. Yeah. And um, I mean, yeah, Yeah. I, I think that's just kind of unavoidable. And while it might be funny for like two seconds, it might also be traumatic for a lot of people. Uh, And I don't want to put people in a position where they're you know, open to that. so I, I have to put some safeguards in place, but I am trying to put something together for next month um that more people can participate in. And I might do more than just one of them if if there's a sort of ceiling that I hit in terms of the number of people that can participate, but more people want to be a part of it. Listen, I've been doing this for a long time. I give writing seminars several times a year for the last I don't know how many years. what's what's the problem doing a couple online? I don't that's easy.
1: I am actually the child of two teachers, and I know Brian, your mom is also a teacher, so, as, as somebody who grew up around educators, I just say thank you. I think that it's excellent that you tried. And I think that, like, if anything comes out of this, that you you become the pizza professor guy who does this, you know, whatever whatever legacy you have from this, I just think it's really great that, like like you said, the optimism that I think comes with the education world as a profession um, is something that we frankly need. So, yeah.
2: Well put. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Well put. I think it's... Uh... Great story. That even in disappointment, that's not necessarily the end of the road. That in a few short hours, your social media post could go insanely viral, and here you are in a far more uplifting situation. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it all touched a nerve, obviously, with us here uh, yeah. at the staff at the station, much like it did with everyone out there in the old Twitterverse. But this was great, Mark. Thanks so much, man. It was really fun hearing this story, and glad it seemed like in the end there was more positivity. Than disappointment. And at least you got to grub on some of that pizza yourself. So it didn't totally go all or naught.
2: No, I was, uh, I was grateful uh, to have the opportunity to remind myself what it was like when I could just eat whatever I wanted when I was 20 and my metabolism was through the roof. Um, and then the I days. immediately regretted it. Of course. <laughs> <Trendless>. <laughs> uh,
1: Mark, yeah.
0: we hope to stay in touch. Yes. Thanks so much. Good luck Absolutely. with the online zoom seminar too.
1: Yeah. And good luck okay. with the book as well. While you're on sabbatical.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed talking with
0: you. Mark Lucher, professor of religion at Temple and the mastermind behind a recent viral pizza tweet. He's going to host an essay writing seminar over Zoom next month. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Lucher, L-U-C-H-T-E-R, for more details. The Rundown is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcast with new episodes Monday through Wednesday. The show is produced by myself, Brian Seltzer, and Sabrina Boyd circa. The director of podcasting for KYW News Radio is Tom Rickert. The regular host of this fine program is the man, J. Scott Smith. Big shout out, Christina Kopiser. Luca, thank you for hanging out. Be sure to follow the rundown on Twitter at the RundownPHL, and listen for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.